Monica Dulcio, and welcome to the podcast, Here's What I Think, a weekly podcast that covers news, politics, pop culture, updates on my life, and new recommendations regarding music, television, film, and podcasts that I think you guys should also listen to. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. If you'd like to know how you can support me even more, please become a patron on my Patreon page. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Your support means the world to me. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support once again, and stay blessed. tell you my favorite person this week for sure is Adam Driver because I have been obsessed with him and I don't know why and I don't know how it happened but it just happened like out of nowhere I have this huge crush on Adam Driver like I think he's super hot and he's really great and I can't explain why like Adam Driver is like six feet tall he is a pale pale man with long dark hair and a huge nose, but a wonderful smile and adorable dimples. Okay, I can tell you, like, I can tell you his life story, right? Adam Driver was born in Mishawaka, Missouri, I think. I don't remember. Texas, probably. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he wanted to go to Juilliard. You know, he's a theater kid, and he auditioned, and he didn't get in. So then he stayed at home. He didn't go to college. And he was a dishwasher. He sold vacuum cleaners. And then 9-11 happened. And he was like, okay, I'm going to join in the Marine Corps. Serve my country. He didn't actually, like, go and, like, fight. Because he got hurt. And, but he did. He was, like, he was, like, in the Marine Corps and everything. And, you know, he comes back. He tried, um, he tried to get back to civilian life. And he can't really get back to civilian life. Because it's difficult and everything. And so that he, I, I'm probably getting this wrong, I'm probably missing like a million things in between this, but um, he gets into theater because he has all this aggression. Ag- aggression? Yeah, aggression. Aggression from like being in the military and everything. And he gets into theater and, uh, oh wait, no, he leaves the military and then he additions for Juilliard again, I think. And then he gets in this time, I believe. And... <laughs> Apparently he would make his classmates cry. <laughs> he would scare them. Which makes sense because he's like super tall and <laughs> like he's in the military. But he took theater as a way to like um, deal with his anger and his aggression. And now he has created this nonprofit organization called um, Arts in the Armed Forces. It's based in Brooklyn. It's awesome. I've Googled it a bunch of times. I did a Facebook fundraiser for it on my birthday. No one donated to it. It's fine. But um, he made the nonprofit, and he did theater for a while. He, 
you know, he was being all fancy on stage, and then he had to ship for girls, and he got his part on girls, and then he ended up getting other parts, like, while we're young, I believe, while we were young, and he got parts for, like, Silence, which is the Andrew Garfield movie with Martin Scorsese, and he, you know, he's in Star Wars, of course, we all know he's in Star Wars, and he's in Logan Lucky and Patterson, and um, Hungry Hearts, which I recently watched, it was such a good film. But oh God, he is gosh, he is so cute. I love him. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with him. Like I, every day I go on YouTube and I Google Adam Driver and I just watch his interviews. Like there's a recent interview he did with Larry, Larry, um, David, Larry King, Larry King. That's his name. I don't know why I said Larry David. I think it's an actor. I think it's the actor who plays Bernie Sanders in SNL, I'm not sure. But like, he is, oh gosh, I don't know why, but Adam Driver's my favorite person this week, guys. I just spent like four whole minutes ranting about Adam Driver. And I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>
of Scarlett Johansson whitewash film. I, I literally googled that. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah, that film where she, um, she, she was like a white woman with, a uh, an Asian woman in her body or something like that. Terrible film. Awful. It did not do well at all. It was the live action film of the Japanese anime Ghost in the Shell. Yep. My watching. If you're in a film where one of like come on Scarlett Johansson we know you're not a feminist okay girl I don't know why you're there all right all of this is performative it's stupid and ridiculous it's it's like okay but there were a lot of wonderful people there at the march there were a lot of great signs I loved there was one sign that says Trump is a and it had R A space I st and there was like a blank there's like a box and there's a c and there's a box and there's a p and there's an empty box that said both and the both was checked meaning that the r a space the space had to be filled that means the space could have been filled with a c or a p so it could have been r a c i s t or r a p i s t meaning trump is a racist or Trump is a rapist, and they check both. And I thought that was a clever side. It's weird when I explain it to you, but it was really clever. It was an awesome side. I loved it. And I love all this creativity and the drawings and everything. There were so many um, Princess Leia ones, and that warmed my heart because Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. But it was awesome. They were amazing. There were a lot of basic sides. There was one side in particular that was terrible. And basically a side that said trans women are men. And I hate that. Like, why would you bring that to a women's march? Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Do not bring your transphobia into a place of inclusivity, women. You should have just stayed home. No one asked you to be there. And that's why a lot of people don't like these marches. Because a lot of it is just white women pretending like they're so woke and they're so progressive. When really half, most of them are terrible people. Like there's this one girl, she was working. And she made, she tweeted, she tweeted out this white woman who yelled at her and a few of her co-workers. And they were all people of color. And she yelled at them for some really stupid reason. And then she got a phone call. And she screamed into the phone. Yeah, I'll meet you at the march in 20 minutes. I'm like, why are you going to a march where you just disrespected these people of color right in front of you? It's fun and it's easy to march on the street and like wave your signs and everything. And it's different when you don't call your representatives. You don't call your senators. You don't educate yourself about DACA and the Dreamers. You don't educate yourself about CHIP. You don't educate yourself about everything else that is going on in the world. All this legislation that's being passed probably in your hometown, in Washington, and you're not keeping up to date about what's going on. And you just want to march for three hours and then shove your face with sheet cake because Tina Fey told you to do and not actually put in the work to make a change, to make a difference.
there's more to life there's more to the resistance than wearing a pink hat okay y'all are ridiculous ridiculous <coughs> <coughs> I did not mean to cough like that. I'm sorry. I am a little bit sick. But I just want to share my thoughts on Women's March. And that's how I feel about that. So let's move on to another story. This story isn't like really big. But I saw it come on my timeline. And I just have to say something about this. Because this seems like something I would talk about like. The people that I am around, this seems like something that would be shared in my own community, so I just have to talk about it. So, Sierra made a lot of people mad when she shared this video on Twitter of this pastor who was talking about how women should act like wives or something like that. I don't know. She was she reposted this video. And the pastor was, um, I, I don't know, but I didn't watch the video. Um, I read a review, I read an article of someone talking about the video and that made me cringe because apparently the person who Sierra posted the video on Twitter on Saturday. And the pastor of the video is Pastor John Gray. And he has his own show. And he has made openly homophobic statements in the past. And I guess the video encourages women who are looking for a relationship to carry themselves like wives. Oh no, this is too much already. I can't. I can't already. Already I'm getting angry. Already I'm about to lose my mind. Already I'm about to throw hands because I can just imagine... I could imagine a pastor coming to my church and saying this and me sitting in the audience like, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Like, no. Okay. I hate when, pa when people do this. Okay. I hate when people are like, if you want to be married, you should act like a married woman. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how dating works. That's not how life works. This blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. I hate when people do this. When you reduce a woman's value to if she could get a man or not because my end goal in life should not be marriage my end goal in life should not be someone's wife my end goal in life should not be to be a mother right not everyone is cut out to be married not everyone needs to have a committed relationship not everyone needs a ring on their finger okay a lot of men out here shouldn't be married because they don't know how to be faithful they don't know how to be committed they don't know how to have a relationship they don't know how to take care of themselves they don't know how to be an adult so they depend on women to take care of them. They depend on women to be their rock. They depend on women to take care of the household and feed the kids and blah, 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 blah. And then women have to like, carry the brunt of it all. And the men are just like being lackluster, you know? Like, oh, so many, I have so many feelings of this. But also, I don't think she should have posted this thing, this video, cause Sierra 
it hasn't had the most traditional kind of love life you know she is she was she was engaged to future and she had a son who is future son and now she's married to Russell Wilson and I get it you know Russell Wilson is this Russell Wilson is this really nice guy he's really great father really great husband and they're in love and now she has like overcome all these trials and she's like you can be married too you can get rid of that lackluster man who's holding you down too you can level up like I did blah 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 and there's nothing wrong with you acting and carrying yourself like a wife you living your life be ready to be married whatever that's fine that's whatever but we never ask that of men we never ask men to act like you're preparing to marry someone. We never ask men to act like a husband. You know, you want women to dress modestly and speak kindly and quietly and be polite and all these other things and be womanly and do laundry and cook and clean and present yourself in a nice way and blah 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 blah. you don't ask men to get their credit score together you don't ask men to get a better car to buy better clothes to get a really good job that pays your bills that pays your debt to get that degree we don't really pressure men to do that as much as we pressure women to carry themselves like a wife carry yourself like a wife and a husband will find you that's not how it works there are plenty of women out there who are living their life who do what they're supposed to do who are paying their taxes who are paying their credit card bills who are having successful fulfilling lives without a man because i think people see this now is that a lot of women don't feel the need to be married they don't feel the need to look for love in the traditional sense that they used to you know a lot of people in my generation they're less likely to be married they're less likely to look for a life partner because we're all trying to find these jobs to pay for these bills and this car and these student loans and these credit card bills and we're all trying to find happiness and get therapy and counseling and all these other things and maybe we're just too busy to look for a husband or a wife or a significant other, what have you. And this is just the it's just like a kind of traditional way of thinking. And I feel like we're all people are kind of past this, you know. And for you to say like a woman has to carry herself like a wife, like boy, if you'll stop. <coughs> <coughs> If you're going to ask women to carry themselves a certain way, you got to ask them to do the same thing. Because there are plenty of women who have got it together, who know what they're doing, and there are plenty of men out there who don't know anything. 
you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask, you gotta ask equal, you gotta, it's gotta be equal, you know, you can't be asking one party to do one thing, and the other party to just be, that's, that doesn't work. I just want to share my thoughts on the video, because I thought that was stupid. I don't know what Sierra was thinking, but that was stupid. Anyways, let's move on from that. Let's all move on to the offset Cardi B situation. So, everyone knows the whole thing that's going on with Offset and Cardi B, whatever. But, um, basically, what happened was that I don't know if a video was released or audio was released, but, um, um, there's a line. There was something released and Offset said, I don't mess with queers. And that got people upset. And then Offset was like, oh no, I didn't mean queer as in gay people. I meant queers are weird, stupid people. Which obviously was a lie. You know, he was just saying that to... I don't know what he's trying to do. This whole thing is stupid. I'm glad that Offset is facing criticism for his lyrics, but I'm upset because Cardi B felt the need to defend him in a video. Like, are you dumb? This is... This is so frustrating. Alright, the song... The song was released... Okay, I'm reading this article if I didn't load it. The song was released in December. But the criticism grew this week, and Offset apologized in, by saying he didn't mean someone who is gay. Listen. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Offset should just say it with his chest. And be open. Offset should just be like, I don't like gay people. That's it. Because I know that there was a time when he was invited, the Migos was invited to like a party, and they found out it was at a gay club or something like that, and they left, you know? And rappers will wear designer clothes that are made by people who are gay, but they will not stand up for the, the community. They will not defend the community they will not speak out against homophobia or transphobia they won't they just won't because they don't care they don't care about the, the lgbt community and this lyric he, this lyric was written by someone or by him it was wrapped it was put over a beat and whatever it was produced it was put together on an album and then it was released there were so many steps to putting out music and how you put it out and produce it and release it you have to listen to it over and over and over that means there is a number of people who listen to this track who listen to the song who heard that line and did it at once say maybe you shouldn't have said that because that sounds kind of homophobic there wasn't obviously there might have been someone but obviously there wasn't someone who said it loud enough or who who, who came out offset like look Take this lyric out. It's offensive. 
to the point where he was like, okay, I'll take it out. Like, there's no one who did that. And the song came out, and now people are upset, and now Offset is mad that people are mad. Like, we know you're homophobic, Offset, okay? Cardi B in the past has said transphobic things, and she has in the past said things that were seen as racist. Like, y'all are both very problematic. And there have been times where people have tried to set you straight online and you just block them. Like Cardi B said in her video, why don't you educate them? You know, why don't you tell people what's wrong? Like, people educate you plenty of times, Cardi. People talk, tell you like, hey Cardi, maybe you shouldn't tell the dictator of North Korea. Maybe you should have called the dictator of North Korea wonton soup, you know? Like, I'm sure there have been plenty of people who tweeted at you, like, hey, girl, don't tweet this out. Don't say that. And then you just be like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to tweet whatever I want. Cause that, like, whatever. And things like that. And I'm sure that Offset and Takeoff and Quavo have been talked to about the LGBT community. And there are plenty of times where people will educate you and tell you about things. But honestly, why do you need someone to sit you down and explain to you why you can't say, I don't fuck with queers in a song? Like, oh wait, the lyric says, I cannot vibe with queers. Oh my gosh. The fact that you need someone to sit you down and tell you not to say that in a song means that you're just ignorant. Not only are you ignorant, but you're just really stupid. You're just really stupid right now. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah. Hold up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say to this. Honestly, like... This is also, okay, this is very sad that Cardi B feels the need to come forward and defend her man because she's honestly tr destroying her career. Like, Cardi B has done well for herself. She's doing really great, and I'm very proud of everything that she's done, but... Her defending her fiance is going to really hurt her career. Like, it seriously will. And if her career does get hurt by this Instagram video, Offset's still going to be making music. He's still going to be making money because rap has been known to be homophobic. And people in rap have been known to be homophobic. Like, that's, it is what it is, you know? And Offset isn't really going to be hurt by this. Like, people are going to be upset and mad, but people are going to move on. And if Cardi B's career gets hurt by it, she may not bounce back from it. And then what's going to happen if they break up? She's going to realize she put her career on the line for some mediocre guy who didn't even care that much. 
Uh, see, that's what I'm concerned about. You know, I love Cardi B, and I honestly wish her, I wish her the best. But let's move on to the next topic, which is the shithole comments. I really wanted to make this, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the shithole comments, so I'm going to make this real quick in saying that white people, white people's president is really fucking wildin' out here. Y'all really fucking wildin' out here saying things like, um, oh, oh gosh, sorry. Sorry. My leg is starting to hurt. I feel bad. Oof. Um, but yeah. I'm tired. I'm sorry, guys. It's really ridiculous how there are, um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Sorry. I just wanted to say that a lot of things have been said about the whole shithole comments and everything, and it's infuriating that this happened, but at the same time, it's so surprising because Donald Trump is a racist. He's a flaming, mentally deteriorating racist man who has never been outside of the United States, really. No, you know, he probably has, but have you stepped foot in Haiti? Have you met the people of Haiti? Because Conan O'Brien has met people of Haiti. He literally went to Mexico and learned Spanish. Okay? I don't know much about Conan O'Brien, but I do know that guy is great for doing that. And I will tell you, Haiti is full of rich history, it is full of wonderful people, it is full of amazing artifacts, and it is full of a spirit and a pride that Americans will never fucking possess. Because their country is nothing compared to Haiti's amazing, wonderful history. And all the other African nations you called shitholes are better than America. Let me tell you something. You may think you're great because you have Amazon and you got Uber and all other stuff. Africa and Haiti, they have wonderful people. They have rich dialects. They have amazing culture. They have beautiful music and food and everything else that America fucking lacks. Alright? The Europeans came to these countries, drained them of their resources, and then took people from their land to use them as animals, use them as slaves. They colonized a whole continent and cut it up and divided it among themselves as if people were not living there already. And there are still, there are still countries that own other countries that own territories that have brown people living there and they fucking disrespect them and let me tell you something all the countries in Africa Haiti, El Salvador they may be coming to America to start a new life but their spirit is oh my god their spirit is awesome their souls their ancestry transcends 
anything you could find on 23andMe about yourself, David. Let me tell you that the white person listening to my podcast right now, no hate on you. Seriously, Donald Trump's Trump's comments were just straight out the gate racist, alright? Doesn't matter if people are denying that he said it, doesn't matter if people are trying to defend his comments, they were disgusting, they are rude, it is not a way a world leader acts, it's something a world leader says in the conversation of immigration, alright? Excuse me, and that's all I gotta say on that. So let's move on. Let's talk about. Listen, I wanted to bring this up because it's award season. And recently, a lot of people have been getting a lot of heat for working with Woody Allen because he's making a new movie for some weird reason. And a lot of people have been working with him, things, the blah blah blah, this and that. And. I first want to say, I don't understand how you can work with somebody who married their stepdaughter. That's the first thing I gotta say. I don't understand how you could be working with someone who is a known sexual predator. It's disgusting, right? And, of course, there have been many people who have come forward to say, I regret working with him. I'm sorry that I did those things um you know there was timothy from call me by your name who came forward and said i'm you know he apologized and he donated his salary to the time spent movement and greta gerwig did the same thing and colin colin firth i think his name is you know he said he would not work with woody allen in the future because he worked with woody allen in the movie 2013 and it's great that all these people are coming forward and saying that they're not going to work with Woody Allen anymore. But you shouldn't have worked with him in the first place. That's my thing. Because would, would, you, would you start working on a film? There are steps to it. You know? Like, there's an audition process. You know, the pre-production, the filming, the writing the lines and everything, the post-production, wrapping it up. There is a long process to making a film and when you got the script or when you were offered the role or when you auditioned, you didn't think in your head, maybe I shouldn't work with somebody who molested their adopted daughter. You didn't, you didn't think that. You, you didn't think that at all? That didn't go through your head? It's stupid and it's ridiculous and you know... You'd peop- I'm not going to commend you for saying that I'm not going to work with Woody Allen after you worked with him. I'm not going to commend you on that. It's annoying and it's frustrating. Also, Selena Gomez worked with Woody Allen, which doesn't make any sense because she literally has a show on Netflix about sexual assault. And then you're working with a predator. Does that make sense to... to- also, her mom called her out on Instagram, which I loved, you know, because if your mama tells you not to do something, don't do it. Are you stupid? Are you dumb? And the thing that sucks also is that his film is probably going to get nominated for an award mm-hmm. next year or maybe the year after next. And then what are we going to do? This whole Time's Up, Me Too, 
ex, ex rapidly exiling sexual predators out of Hollywood. This whole movement of getting rid of all these sexual harassers out of Hollywood. It's gonna f- seem pretty performative if Woody Allen gets nominated for a Golden Globe or an Academy Award or a BAFTA or a SAG or an Oscar for a film that is coming out. He made this film. And all these people who have been doing interviews, like, why'd you work with Woody Allen? Blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. Their excuses are ridiculous and they sound stupid and they sound dumb. You sound like you're talking out of your ass. All right. And then how are we supposed to confront this if Woody Allen shows up to the Golden Globes? Is everyone going to wear black again? Are we going to wear red? We're going to wear blue? Like, I need, I need a solution. Because <laughs> this is a flaming hot mess. But yeah, um, I just wanted to say that on the Woody Allen thing because the war season is happening and all these stories coming out like, oh lord, who oh gosh. Also, I read about the James Franco allegations and I saw some tweets about them on Twitter and oof, I gotta say, I never liked James Franco, <laughs> okay? I never liked James Franco, I never really liked disease, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but... If James Franco gets ex- exiled out of Hollywood, I'll be happy. Because Johnny Depp should have been exiled out of Hollywood when Amber Heard came, Amber Heard came forward. Because I did not need another Pirates of the Caribbean. And also, he does not need to be in that new Harry Potter film. James Franco gotta go. Johnny Depp gotta go. And probably not Aziz, but maybe. Because, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I don't really like Master of Ben. I don't find it that funny. Like some parts of it are really great and awesome and interesting, but other parts of it are not that funny. So yeah, just say. But um, if you're kicking James Franco out of Hollywood, I support it because his brother is so much hotter than him. And Seth Rogen is not that funny. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know why I'm bagging on Seth Rogen. It's just, you know, let's just drag everybody today. So let's move on. Um, next one. Okay. I wanted to talk about Monique Tracy Alice Ross, the whole um, pay wage thing. And I'm uploading a video on YouTube about it for you guys so you can watch, which I don't know if I'm going to upload tonight or tomorrow morning because <laughs> I have been very busy. Okay. But, um, I do want to talk about what's going on with Monique and this whole Netflix boycott thing. So, if you don't know, uh, what's going on with Monique and her life right now, you should probably get to speed because, oh girl. It's good. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to move my phone because it keeps buzzing. I know you hear it. I'm sorry. Um, basically, Monique, uh, she's calling for a boycott of Netflix over pay disparities. 
she put a video on her personal Instagram and she said that gender and color bias is why she was offered a fraction of what Amy Schumer and Dave Chappelle were offered for their own comedy specials on the platform. And, you know, Wanda Sykes co-signed on this and this whole discussion really does bring up the topic of the pay gap in Hollywood and how there are all these actresses like a couple years ago talking about how they were being paid less than their male counterparts and then they went into negotiations to get paid the same as their male counterparts. I know that Ellen Pompo, I think she's like the lead on Grey's Anatomy, she also was getting paid less than Patrick Dempsey, I think his name is. Dempsey, I think. Patrick Dempsey, I think that's who he is. She was getting paid, paid less than him and then she negotiated and now she gets paid a lot of money and you know, she's killing it. She's a great actress. The show's been on for a long time. You know, Ellen has been killing it. Ellen is doing well for herself. But, um, the thing is that, yeah, the thing is, is that, um, black women do get hit harder for pay gaps. Like, Dave Chappelle got paid $20 million for his comedy special, but Amy Schumer got paid $11 million, and then she went to negotiations to get paid more, and yet her special was still trash. I'm just gonna say it, like, I'm gonna say it with my chest. Amy Schumer is not funny. She's a terrible comedian and not a great person. I can't wait for Amy Schumer to be canceled. <laughs> but, um, I think that Monique is right to demand more money out of Netflix because Monique is an Academy Award winning actress. She is funny. She's talented and she deserves to be paid more. Monique is not some new comedian that just got in the paint, that just got started, that got one new, that got one movie that blew up. It's like, okay, someone give me ten million dollars because you know I deserve it. I'm the shit. Like that's not Monique. Monique is an adult woman with great talent who was named one of the queens of comedy. She's been around for a long time. She's been doing comedy for a long time. So it makes sense for her to get paid more. It would, it would make sense, you know? Roles are not always given out to black women who are plus size and who speak their mind, who are open and who just say things off the cuff like Monique does. She has this raw talent and she deserves to get paid 10 million, 20 million, 30 million for a comedy special on Netflix or whatever this comedy special may be. She deserves that. For Netflix to not see that and then to pay her half a million dollars to offer her half a million dollars is ridiculous because it shows how we mistreat black women in Hollywood. And Monique, she's done a lot in Hollywood. She was in the Parkers and she got a lot of double NAACP awards for that. She was in Precious, which she did amazing in and she has done interviews where she talks about how she was blackballed by the industry because she 
wasn't playing the game of showbiz, basically. And it kind of, it sucks, you know, that she kind of has been blackballed because she wasn't gracious, she wasn't polite or nice enough for Hollywood. And I do want her, I, I would love for her to have a Netflix special because I would love to watch that. Because Monique is hilarious. Oh, I just, I love her with all my heart so much. And she really does deserve that. She just, it's what, it's what she deserves. Okay. And that must really suck to like, to win an award that great. And to, like, to win an Academy Award and an Oscar and then just be blacklisted. The disrespect is unfair. Completely unfair. It also sucks so much because usually when black women are offered roles, they're stereotyped. And they're, they fit in a box and they're just sassy. And they're never like roles that are like a teacher or a doctor. Like the reason why Hidden Figures did so well is because black women are not always playing scientist. And like there was an actual black woman who was like part of the whole thing with going to the moon. And it was a story that no one really knew about. I just, she really does. Monique really does deserve 10 million. Like, she does. And then there's the story with um, Tracy Ellis Ross, where she has been paid less than her co star, Anthony Anderson. And people are more encouraging of Tracy be paid the same amount that Anthony is. You know, and Tracy, she has got a lot of Emmy nominations. She earned three double and three NAACP Image Awards and a Golden Globe for her role in Blackish. And Blackish is a very successful show, and there's no doubt that she is talented, and she should get an increase in her salary, like absolutely so. But for people to encourage Tracy more and tell Monique to like be grateful, that's not okay. Like that's not cool. Like Tracy and Monique deserve a raise. Tracy and Monique, Monique deserve more. You know, they deserve to be paid a lot of money because they are worth a lot of money because they're both talented, hardworking black women who are awesome and they, they should they should just be, they deserve their coin. Like, they deserve their coin. That's it. And to not see that they're both deserving of that is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that brings me to Amara Lanegra. Amara Lanegra is, she's on, I think, Love and Hip Hop Miami. And I don't watch the show, but I have seen her on my Twitter. And she's gorgeous. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, she's so beautiful. And recently, I guess something happened on the show 
where like she was talking about colorism and how because she's a dark-skinned Latina she gets treated unfairly by people because I believe that she auditioned for she talked about like how she auditioned for a soap opera and how the the casting director or somebody told her that she should audition to be a gangster or a prostitute or a slave because of her dark skin and she talked about being Afro-Latina on the show I believe and then someone on the show was like oh is that because you have an Afro? It's like no like I oh my gosh I was reading an article basically about the whole thing that happened on the show and I laughed out loud like how stupid are you to hear Afro-Latina I think that is a Latina person with an afro. How stupid are you? Afro-Latina obviously means an African-American Latina, idiot. Stupid. But she went on the Breakfast Club and she was talking about how... She was basically talking about colorism and things like that. And would... And, oh, who was it? Who was it? Charlemagne? Yeah. Charlemagne was not Charlemagne, DJ Envy. They're both so stupid. Like, oh my gosh, how I get so annoyed by Charlemagne, and I'm so fucking mad that he has this radio show that's syndicated through so many. Like, ugh. how are you this stupid? And you work in entertainment. Like, how? How? Basically, Charlemagne and DJ Envy were being completely ignorant about Amarla Negra during her interview. And I remember, I I didn't really watch the interview that much. I clicked through parts of it because I wasn't really trying to watch the whole thing. It's 40 minutes long. And I wanted to watch the whole thing. But when she was talking and explaining colorism, Charlemagne looked so bored. Like he looked uncomfortable. He looked like he looked like he was listening to like an old woman tell a story about her going to. He he looked like he was listening to his mom talk about buying jeans. Like that, that that's how like that's how bored he looked, and that made me want to reach through the computer and punch him. Like, are you being are you being disres- disrespectful to your guest right now? It's annoying because they were trying to downplay her struggles with colorism as an Afro Latina and. Charlamagne brought up Cardi B and how like how she's a Latina and how she's doing well and uh, I don't know how it escapes your mind how they're like how obviously Amara Lanegra and Cardi B are two different kinds of Latina and obviously two different women of course Cardi B's doing well she's light-skinned she's a light-skinned Latina People like her because, you know, she's kind of ghetto, she's kind of ratchet, and it's cute, and it's funny, you know? <sighs> but Amara Lanegra, if she were to act the way that Cardi B acts, she would often be saying, like, she's too ratchet, she's too loud, she's being annoying, she needs to be quieter, blah, 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 all these other things that people constantly tell dark-skinned black women to do all of the time. And Charlemagne wouldn't know this because he knows nothing about black women. Nothing. Nothing. Every single time he opens his mouth about something, it's because he's stupid. Oh my gosh. It's like... (sighs) 
Let me breathe. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. Okay. Oh, Lord have mercy on my soul. But basically, she was talking about, um, Marla Negro was talking about what it was like, talking about how she is trying to be accepted in the entertainment business as a dark skinned Latina. And I'm reading, I'm reading an article about the interview right now. And she says, they'll always pick the lighter, the lighter ones who look like J-Lo before they look like, look at us. Who cares if you're talented? Who cares if you're educated? You're always going to be the last opinion. That's how she explained it. And that's, that's true. Like, to be honest, that is true. Because people are more likely to pick the lighter skinned black people than the darker skinned black people. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but when you when you think when you ask somebody to name their favorite black actresses, they'll say Zendaya, they'll say Yara Sh Shahidi, you know, they'll say who's who's another light skinned girl, Laura Harrier, you know, they, they'll name the light skinned ones that are more well known. They'll say Amanda, Amanda Stenberg. When there are so many other black actresses out there who are killing the game and yet they are not being recognized. Like Danielle Brooks, sexy, wonderful, talented, plus size. She deserves a Golden Globe, an Oscar. She deserves. It's what she deserves. Like Octavia Spencer has played a nurse in almost every movie she was in. And finally, finally she is in Hidden Figures. And she gets what she deserves. Like, she is a talented actress who has been in the game for a long time. And, you know, she's a plus-size black woman who has been confined to certain roles. And finally, she's put in this amazing role that shows her talents, that shows her skills. And she just killed the game out of this bitch. You know? And... A lot of times people don't recognize actor the actresses of color who are darker skinned because they're not always seen as sexy. They're not always seen as desirable. They're not always highlighted. They're not always like praised and they're not always being represented. They're not being thought of. They're not being acknowledged. And Amara Negra, she is right to talk about her struggles with colorism because her struggles matter. And they are real. They happen all the time. Like, I have a favorite YouTuber. Her name is Monica Muse. I forget. It's like Monica Muse or something like that. She's the Buddha kid. And she she has a great YouTube channel. And she's basically a beauty guru. And whenever she does her makeup, she starts explaining in English. And she starts explaining Spanish. And I love it. Because she's gorgeous. And she's awesome. And she's great at makeup. And she's, she's inspiring to me. Like, I love her. I love her so much. And she made an Instagram post boosting what Amara said. Talking about what Amara said. And how she has had to deal with people saying that she's not Dominican enough because she's dark-skinned. Like, you don't understand how colorism, how far colorism goes. There are people who live in the Dominican Republic and who have been deported from the Dominican Republic 
because they are dark-skinned, because they look Haitian, and because they don't want dark-skinned people in the Dominican Republic. This is a real thing that happened there in the DR. Like, you understand, colorism is not something you just talk about on Instagram. It's not something that's just happening online. It's happening in real life, and it's affecting people. And people don't see this because y'all are not educating yourself on this. And y'all really need to, like, I don't want to say this, but y'all really need to get woke. Y'all need to get woke on this. Because colorism is not, like, a one-type thing. Just because Marla Negra brought it up doesn't mean it's just happening to her. It's happening to a lot of people, okay? There are whitening creams in India because dark-skinned Indian women are not seen as desirable, are not seen as beautiful, are not seen as sexy. There are dark-skinned, there are lightning creams in Africa because dark-skinned women are not seen as sexy, okay? If I tell you to name a dark-skinned actress besides Lupita Nyong'o, you would not be able to name one besides Lupita Nyong'o and Viola Davis. Now name one. Stop Googling. I said name one. Off the top of your head. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly, it's exactly the point. Okay? Oh my gosh, I just got so heated. I'm so... Oh my goodness. I did not want to... I did not want to go off, but I just had to. I just had to go off. Alright. Oh, excuse me, I burped. I am going to take a quick break, and then we are going to get into here's what I think. get into here's what I think let's talk about the government shutdown I think that it ended but I'm not sure because I haven't checked Twitter yet and I don't want to check Twitter because whenever I go on Twitter it's like oh let me just check it real quick and just like see what's happening and then you know <laughs> um, and then you know what happens Monica just stays on Twitter forever and then she doesn't do her podcast, and then you guys just get a lot of silence. Because I am terrible at podcasting and talking. But yeah. Let's go out. Let's. Oof. Oof. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Oof. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Yes, hello. I'm back. All right. Did I talk about the government shutdown? Did the government shutdown? I think it's. I think it didn't. I think it didn't. Okay. I think it shut down for like a day, or two, and then it came back. I guess. I don't know. I'm just. I'm gonna read this New York Times article, because I low key have no clue what's going on. But basically. The House passed a short-term spending bill to reopen the government. Next, the idiot-in-chief must sign it to end the shutdown. Earlier in the afternoon, the Senate also 
voted to reopen the government after 81 senators broke the filibuster that shut it down. And Democrats had debated whether to trust Mitch McConnell's word. We shouldn't trust Mitch McConnell because he looks like a turtle. He literally, literally looks like a turtle. Don't want, I, I will be very rude if I have to. That's the nicest thing I have to say about Mitch McConnell. But um, the House passes a stop gap spending bill, sending it to the idiot chief's uh, desk. And the House on Monday gave final approval, approval to a measure that would fund the federal government for another three weeks, ending a three-day-old government shutdown that threatened to do political damage to both parties. The vote clears the way for the idiot in chief to sign a measure into law by Monday evening, allowing thousands of furloughed federal employees to go back to work on Tuesday. In addition to keeping the government op operating through February 8th, the bill would extend the popular Children's Health Insurance Program chip for another six years. Great. Well, that's good that they did that. The Senate votes to end the shutdown. The Senate voted 81 to 18 on Monday to end the three-day-old government shutdown with Democrats joining Republicans to fund the government through February 8th in exchange for a promise to Republican leaders to address the fate of the young undocumented immigrants known as the Dreamers. So it funds the chip and delays or suspends a handful of tax increases that were to help pay for insurance coverage under the Affordable Care Act. That doesn't sound great. I mean, they funded CHIP, but it doesn't seem like everything... It doesn't seem like everything that was supposed to be funded was funded. You know? Um, basically, Democrats tried to brand it as a Trump shutdown, and Republicans branded it as Schumer shutdown, and they came at an impasse. Monday's vote offered Republicans and Democrats a way out of an ugly impasse that threatened to cause political harm to both parties. Schumer announced that he and Mitch McConnell had come to an agreement to adopt a three-week spending measure while continuing to negotiate a global agreement that would include the fate of the Dreamers. Oh, oh, okay. So, in this bill, it funds CHIP, but it doesn't guarantee security for DACA recipients. That sounds like a terrible idea. Because Mitch McConnell, they should have done this in December. And then they didn't. The CHIP expired a long time ago. And DACA has been in peril since October. Alright? This should have been figured out in December, and then it wasn't, and then you've pushed it to January, and now that you have funded CHIP, but not DACA, how do you know they're going to keep their promise? Because y'all was supposed to figure this out in December, and then you did it, and now you figured out one part of it, but the other part of it is still, like, unknown. You can't, you can't, you can't pass a bill with a promise. He's not going to hold his promise. This man, this, he won't hold, like, are you are you dumb? Are you are you blind? Do we not know who Mitch McConnell is? Like this promise, this promise is not going to work. This is not enough. You 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 voted to reopen the government without having a solid one hundred ten percent 
yes, we will protect the dreamer's measure. Like, a prom <sighs> his promise means nothing. All right, I'm telling you that right now. This this is ridiculous. All right. All right, let's read some more articles on this shutdown. Um, the deal struck between Democrats and Republicans on Monday. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry for that weird pause. Let's get on. Um, the deal struck between Democrats and Republicans on Monday to end a brief government shutdown contains $31 billion in tax cuts, including a temporary delay in implementing three healthcare-related taxes. Those delays, which enjoy varying degrees of bipartisan support, are not offset by any spending cuts or tax increases and thus will add to a federal budget deficit that is already projected to increase rapidly as last year's mammoth new tax law takes effect. The, the Congressional Budget Office said this month that the federal budget deficit reached $228 billion in the first three months of the current fiscal year, $18 billion more than the deficit in the first quarter of fiscal 2017, despite strong economic growth, and that was before the tax cuts kicked in. All the finger pointing has overshadowed the discussion about the actual substance of the budget deal, says Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. And many lawmakers don't even seem to care that the deal they are considering, which will almost certainly include even more tax cuts following the unaffordable tax bill Congress just passed, as well as new spending increases, will add tens of billions to the deficit. There is almost zero discussion on the ongoing damage on the nation's finances. The health care taxes were all created as a part of the Affordable Care Act, where they were designed to onset the cost of expanding insurance coverage to low- and middle-income Americans, but many of them, such as a tax on medical devices, have remained unpopular and their implementation has been suspended or postponed before. Those delays have been preferable to lawmakers than eliminating taxes entirely, given the total appeal would have added a estimated $310 billion to federal budget deficits over the next decade, Miss McGinney's organization calculates. That price tag was too high to be included in the 2017 tax bill, which was limited in scope by Republicans' decision to pass the bill on party lines using a budget reconciliation bill that allowed for $1.5 trillion in revenue losses over a decade. The bill to end the shutdown, which funds the government operations through February 8th, and also includes a six-year reauthorization of CHIP, did not move through budget reconciliation. The parliamentary procedure that circumvents filibusters in the Senate 
that allowed Republican leaders to include delays in the health insurance taxes without worrying about their fiscal costs, a move that drew few objections from Democrats. All healthcare taxes have been extensively discussed and debated by Congress since the passage of the Affordable Care Act. So basically, the bill that reopened the government also included tax cuts. More tax cuts because Republicans just have to have all the fucking tax cuts in the world. How? How? How is it? that you could include tax cuts into a bill and not something for the dreamers. How? Tell me how you did that. Because I need to know who is making these deals. Because obviously it's not the idiot in chief. It's these Republicans sitting here acting like they care. They care about their constituents. They don't care. Like one of these, the one of the taxes is a Cadillac tax, which taxes employers who offer very expensive healthcare plans. It is designed to encourage employers to lower health care costs by creating a stronger initiative to reduce spending on insurance. Oh. It encourages employers to overspend on health care, increase health care prices, and that results in lower wages. Wow. <sighs> wow. Wait a minute, I think this is, I think this is one of the things that weren't included in the bill. Wait, okay, I don't think I read that right. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, lower wages. Um, economists tend to believe that the current system, which does not impose any income taxes on health benefits, encourages employers to overspend on tax health care. Oh, the Cadillac tax is taking out, I think, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll explain this. I probably said something that was completely wrong and I just miseducated you on it. I'm sorry if I did that. I apologize. Let's move on. The government shut down. It's not shut down anymore. The shutdown basically happened because they demanded a vote on legislation to protect DACA recipients from deportation after the idiot chief canceled the program and the final bill does not include protections or a specific guarantee of a vote. It includes a promise. A promise? From a turtle? That's what people are being deported because they are not being protected under DACA. And y'all want to wait till February to figure this out. You do realize how March is like weeks away. These weeks are going to go by like that. You really think you're going to have a bill? A comprehensive bill that will get bipartisan support and protect the DACA recipients? Because I doubt that's going to happen. The fact that I understand that you need to keep the government open and you don't want the government shut down, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But we could have done so much better. 
Uh, uh. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I just find it ridiculous that you are putting so much faith that Mitch McConnell will try and create legislation to protect DACA recipients. Because that's going to happen. I doubt this is gonna happen. Okay. Senators did not extract a promise from McConnell that would pave the way for a immigrant for an immigration bill's passage through the House or its approval by the idiot in the chief. Still some senators said the deal created the conditions for success. Conditions for success? Okay. I like to see results of success. Conditions for success? Probably not gonna happen. I don't I don't I don't think so. Honestly, I would say I'm really upset because there are so many people whose lives depend on DACA and for them to be deported would be heartbreaking because they've built this whole life in this country and they deserve to have protections from their United States government. They deserve to be able to live in this country and to go to school and to work and to pay their taxes and to pay off their mortgage or their rent or pay their Netflix at least. Like, they shouldn't have to bite their nails and hope and pray that senators care about them because people are not naive to politics a senator could say oh yeah i promise we're gonna talk about this end of february when the february goes around and you're like what what's daca what the heck is daca we literally tried to like you could we could be talking about like daca and how we have to like build legislation to protect the daca recipients and that could be swept under the rug because Trump signed an executive order to defund every single Planned Parenthood in the United States of America. Like, that could possibly happen in the next month. Or the next month, Mike Pence gets arrested. Or Jared Kushner gets arrested. Because Robert Mueller finally got that warrant. And he's throwing him in jail. And then we forget all about DACA. It's possible that could happen. Crazy things happen every single day. Like, this whole year has been day after day of crazy news story after news story after news story. Most people were not aware that the government was about to shut down because of the Stormy Daniels news story happening. It's just this long, continuous breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, checking Twitter. What is happening? Why is he trending again? Jesus help us. Put it down there. Mm. Yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts on the government shutdown other than other than that cuz yeah. Um but let's talk about something else you guys. Let's talk about the SAG awards because those happened and I am so happy. Honestly, I wish I had a podcast 
Wish we made a podcast about the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes were by. Oh gosh, I love these award shows, guys. Like, I love the passion. I love the cute little moments. Everything that happens. It makes my heart swell. You know? I think it's really great. But, yeah, let's talk about the SAC Awards. So, they happened last night, you know? Um, Kristen. Uh, forget her name. I feel bad I forgot her name. But, um, Kristen did a really good job. Kristen, Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell, she did an amazing job of hosting, and I'm basically just gonna read you the people that won stuff, and, um, um, I'm just gonna tell you the people who won stuff, and I'm gonna tell you the people who I think should have won. I'm still upset that Dee Reese has not been nominated for anything from Unbound. I know Monique, I, not Monique, oh lord. I know Mary J. Blanche didn't want anything from Madame. She makes me sad because she was so amazing. Like, Mary J. Blanche deserves. The fact that she was dominated was great, but if she won it, it would be so wonderful. It makes me sad that she didn't win. But, um, oh my gosh, Danielle Brooks was there, and she was looking gorgeous. She looked amazing. Like, oh, she was so pretty. There were so many people who looked so cute that night. Like, Yara Shahidi looked nice in her jumpsuit. Niecy Nash was killing it in that green gown. The women of This Is Us, Christy Betts, um, oh, oh lord, I forgot their other names. Mandy Moore, how did I forget Mandy Moore? And uh, the lady who plays Sterling K. Brown's wife, I forgot her name, sorry. But they were all wearing royal blue and they were matching and I thought that was so cute. Like, I love This Is Us. That show warms my heart. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's so much. It warms my heart literally all the time. But, um, Morgan Freeman won the Lifetime Award, which he deserves. He's really great. He's really wonderful. He's really amazing. I love Morgan Freeman. God bless. You know? But, let's just read the people who won. Because, they, my heart goes out to them. So, um... Outstanding action performance by stunt ensemble in a motion picture goes to Wonder Woman. Great. Awesome. Outstanding action performance by stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama series goes to Game of Thrones. I'm glad that I'm I'm really glad that Glow was nominated because I loved Glow. It's on Netflix if you haven't watched it. You have to go watch it. It's really great. I'm glad that it was nominated because I remember Alison Brie was on the red carpet and she was talking about the allegations against James Franco, who's her brother-in-law, which I didn't know that. And she was, when she was talking about it, I kind of just appreciated what she said. Okay, now I don't remember what she said. I don't think it was problematic. Was it? Was it problematic? Crap, now I'm going to Google it. Allison Free James Franco I don't think it was wait hold on one second okay so I literally just watched her interview on the red carpet by the way her dress looks really cute she looked really nice but Allison Free basically she said that um, some of the 
they said that it's sad about her family were not completely true and it's about listening and I wasn't really upset about anything she said you know a lot of things she said it's really what she said in response to the allegations against James Franco was a really great like thing you could tell like obviously she do what she should have said someone wrote that down or she wrote it down but you know girl I love you Allison and I love Glow okay sorry I keep getting interrupted let's go through the nominations so Julie Louise Dreyfus she won for outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series in Veep listen I've watched Veep it's good it's funny I'm glad that she won but I'm getting tired of Veep constantly winning like the show's funny and it's well written but it's not that funny and it's not that well known like it's only on HBO like I really feel like someone else should win I don't want to be rude because Julia Louise Dreyfus I think she was diagnosed with cancer because I don't and I don't want to be rude you know because Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin they were both nominated for Grace and Frankie and either one of them could have won and Allison Brie could have won for Glow and Uzu Uzo Aduba could have won for Orange is the New Black and it's great that Julia won it's great but like I'm getting tired of Veep winning every year okay the show is funny and it's really well written it's great but it's not that funny okay I'm just I'm saying I'm just I'm putting it out there it's funny but it's not that funny okay all right William H Macy he won for outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series it's shameless and shameless is a really good show guys you should watch it I love shameless it's phenomenal outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series went to veep I really kind of wish it went to glow because glow was such a good show this year if you didn't watch Go Glow, you should. It was amazing. If it didn't go to Glow, it should have gone to Orange to Do Black. Because that is the show. But, you know, whatever. Um, outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role went to Allison Janney and Itania. Because Allison Janney is funny and she's talented and she's amazing. And I wish Mary J. Blige would have won it. Or at least Hung Chow. I believe that's your last, see her last name. I'm not sure. I'm really, I really don't know how you say her last name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. But she was in Downsizing. And she's the only person, she's the only Asian person that I've seen so far nominated. And if she won, if she had won that award, that would be amazing. If Mary J. Blige won for her butt down, I probably would have cried. But Allison Janney deserves it because she is a really great actor. Actress. I love Allison Janney. She's amazing in Mom. Like, I love her. But um, Sam Rockwell won for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role. And I've seen Sam Rockwell in other stuff. I don't remember what exactly, but I know that like, I do know that he's a good actor. Like he's done a lot of, he's done a lot of great things. And he has deserved an award for a really long time. So... Hmm. you know but that's really cute I think he gave a really cute speech about his um his girlfriend Leslie Bibb who and Leslie Bibb she's on American Housewife she's hilarious I love her she's funny Sarah Rockwell's hot she's also 
He's also really talented. And I kind of wish that he hadn't been nominated for three billboards. Because I don't think that's a good movie. I haven't watched it, but I don't think it's a good movie. Just saying. Just saying. But, um, let's move on. Um, Alexin Skarsgård went for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Television Movie or Limited Series for Big Little Lies. He keeps winning stuff for Big Little Lies. And I have to say, it makes me uncomfortable now. It makes me uncomfortable now that a man who played an abusive husband is winning these awards. Because it's just weird. Like, why do y'all like him so much? Was Jeff Daniels that bad and godless? Did Robert De Niro did not did Robert De Niro not deserve a SAG? Like, why Alexander Skarsgård? Why him? Like, I really just need to know. I just need someone to explain it to me because, I mean, he's talented, yes. He's handsome, yes. He does a great job on the role. But it's just like, it's the role. It's just the role that gets me. Because he plays an abusive husband. And the abuse in the show made me very uncomfortable. Made me feel very strange. Made me feel very irked. And he is great. Like, he's a great actor. But still, like... The fact that you won an award for this role, man. That's just weird. And he keeps winning awards for this role. Like, this is like his third award, I think. Like, it's strange. It's strange. Just wanted to say that. Let's move on. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a television movie or limited series. Most of Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies. Congratulations, Nicole Kidman. You are gorgeous. Shirley K. Brown won as the first black actor to win a SAG award for outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series in This Is Us. And I am so proud of him. Shirley K. Brown is making history. And there's this tweet going around saying that if Shirley K. Brown keeps making history, Chadwick Boseman's going to play him in a biopic. And then we laughed. That was so cute. And his speech was so wonderful and amazing. And he's such a wonderful person, and I love Shirley K. Brown so much. And he has been acting for a long time. Like, he's been in the game for a while. And it took him 15 years for him to get to this point. And he just kept on working, he kept pushing, he kept doing what he loves, and he's just there. And I'm proud of him, and I'm happy for him. Like, yay, Sterling, yay! Yay for you! Um... Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series goes to Claire Foy with The Crown. I haven't watched The Crown, but I have been meaning to. And I think it'll be very interesting to watch it. I do wish that Billy Bobby Brown won, because the fact that she was nominated was so wonderful. And if she won, my heart would have soared, because she probably would be like the youngest person to win a, a SAG award in that category. And I would have been so proud of her, because she's also producing a movie. Cause she's just talented, and she's dating Jacob Sartorius. Cause she's amazing. She's living her best life. God bless Billy Bobby Brown. Like, we you could never. I could never. Like, your thirteen year old, that thirteen year old that lives across the street from you, could never. Okay, Billy Bobby Brown is killing it, slaying the scene. What a goddess. I'm, I'm getting over... I'm being over dramatic. She's like 16 years old. Or 15. How old is she? 
How old is Millie Bobby Brown? Hold on. Not to Google it. Millie. That's it. Okay. How old is she? She's 13. Wow. Ooh, girl, you young. God bless. She's just killing the game right now. God bless Millie Bobby Brown. Um, I'll say before we play an ensemble on a drama class. Drama series because this is us. And when they got up to get their award, I was so happy. I was proud. I was proud. Oh my gosh. When you see all the kids and all the adults going up to get it. Oh, that's cute. And Milo Vin oh. Milo V is so gorgeous. Like, I think about that every time I see him on the show. But when you see him... Oof, that's so different. I love that whole cast. They're so great. Um, I'll tell you before it's my male actor in leading role. Goes to Gary Oldman. It should have gone to Daniel Kaluuya. But, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Daniel Kaluuya deserves it. Get Out was get out was the most talked about film of the year. And y'all are not giving Get Out any awards. Why is Get Out not getting any awards? I'm mad. I'm, I'm furious, but I'll get over it. <sighs> okay, okay, I'm good. I'm also upset that Sally Hawkins, that Sally Hawkins didn't get nom didn't win for Shade of Water. Because when you're in a movie where you're dating a sea monster, you should get the award. Did she date him or did she sleep with him? I didn't watch the movie, I don't know. But Francis McDormand won for three billboards. And I feel like that movie is more problematic than people talk about. Because I watched the trailer and it looked like just a normal movie. But when I read the reviews, it doesn't seem like a movie that should be getting all these awards. Like, <sighs> I don't know how to say it. Ronan from Lady Bird, she could have gotten that award. Margot Robbie could have got the award for I, Tanya. I mean, I have a problem with I, Tanya because Tanya Harding broke a girl's legs. So maybe she should have a film about herself, but you know. But probably like Judy Dench could have gotten an award because Judy Dench is like amazing. Sally Hawkins pretending to sleep with a sea creature. That sounds weird. That's just like, that's. That's just strange. I'm sorry. But, um, outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. One, two, three billboards. It could have gone to, like, the big sick, get out, ladybird, or mudbound. But it went to three billboards. Which doesn't make sense. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. But, I feel like mudbound should have won. And the fact that Mudbound keeps getting snubbed and Get Out keeps getting snubbed, it's frustrating. Because these are two films with amazing casts, amazing directors, wonderful writing, awesome storyline. It's They're phenomenal. Like, they deserve awards. But they're not winning them. And it's frustrating. It's, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating. Because we all talked about how Get Out was so great. Get Out was amazing, Get Out was inspiring, Get Out was like the movie of the year, and yet it is not 
being recognized with the awards it deserves. Neither is Mudbound. Like, Dee Reese deserves an Oscar for Best Director because Mudbound is a really good film. But she wasn't even nominated in the SAG Awards. She wasn't nominated in the Golden Globes. Who knows if she's nominated for the Academy Awards? Mudbound could even get a SAG Award for Best Ensemble Cast. So it's it's just, it's it's ridiculous. But, yeah. That's what I had to say on that. Hello you guys, welcome to the outro. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you guys listening. I'm sorry that I haven't been uploading a lot of content. I've been going through a lot lately and I'm just trying having things going on. But a new podcast that I'd recommend to you guys is Adventures in Roommating. It's a couple of friends and it has Megan Tonjes and Keith Batista. They're two amazing people. They give wonderful advice. They're really funny. And I love them. And you should listen to them. A new show I've been watching is 911. It's on Fox, and I've been loving it. It has Connie Britton, Angela Bassett, Peter Krause, and it's really great. You should definitely watch it. And have a great week. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Bye bye.